0: hey Hey, mamas! mamas. welcome back to another episode i'm jess i'm erica and before we get into it guys i just want to say welcome to all our new listeners and to everyone that's been listening to us from day one thank you so much for still being here so guys i'm so excited for you to hear this episode we recorded this a couple of weeks ago was it the week of lockdown yeah but before we get to that i just want to give you some hints i'm pretty sure a lot of people know her probably seen her on billboards and she has just announced that she's going to be an author, or she's basically an author now, so... Do you know what? I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I'm here for it. I love it. I fucking love it.
1: I feel kind of lost because I don't have my other two girls. (laughs) But anyways, it is your mamacita, Milena Sanchez. How are you? How's life treating you? Good. Do you know what? I'm actually looking forward to this second lockdown. Woohoo! Nowhere to go, (laughs) bitches. (laughs) You managed to celebrate your birthday. I know. I was actually saying this to somebody else the other day. I was like, do you know what? I'm happy that I got to celebrate it. And I actually went all out. I feel sorry for you, man, now, November. December's, December's <laughs> <laughs> you men are locked down. Oh, <laughs> Listen, Jesus isn't even able to celebrate his birthday. Oh my God, so. <laughs> for real!
2: Christmas is cancelled this yeah, year.
1: Jesus needs to stay in the barn with all of the free, free wife kings because oh, no, no one can come out, boy.
0: Mama's code. So, guys, I'm gonna go and dive in in the deep end. Obviously, we love to hear everyone's birth experience we know it's not for everyone so tell us tell us how it was for you in a quick quick summary also can I just say yeah I feel
1: like the listeners need to know that we've had a friendship prior to this because, like, we haven't just met now Like, we've definitely known each other for many, many, many years And I just want to say, I was saying it off air Like, I'm just so proud of how consistent you guys have stayed Because doing a podcast is not easy This is coming from somebody that's been doing it for four years now And we've never missed an episode And it's, like, a weekly thing Even when you are you can't be bothered Or when you're faced with some shit It's like, you still have to carry on So, well done, guys A round of applause to you Thank
0: <laughs> you yeah it's definitely not easy but hey we're here
1: but yeah my um my labor story that's a bit mad you know because I was actually in labor I went into I was induced, I had preclampsia, so my blood pressure was really, really high. I had this vision, yeah, that my birth was going to be like, I was going to be in this water birth, like in this swimming pool. I was going to have like Janae Ico and like chilled out, draped in the <laughs> background. Maybe some vaginatos, like some fake candles. I wanted all of that. I wanted the whole shebang and I really wanted to breathe through it. Oh my days. You know, when they tell you there's no point in having a birthing plan, just be open-minded and go, go with the flow that's exactly what I should have just had in mind because mate I went in on the Friday morning to be induced and I didn't leave until the Tuesday morning I was in active labor from it would have been Saturday 2am to Sunday 6am so pff, I had pephidine gas and air I had the epidural I had ripped out the epidural from my back where I was hysterical oh my days it was a complete mess. Like it was a complete mess and then I tore then I had two stitches then that motherfucker <laughs> nobody told me yeah that after you, you give birth you bleed for another six weeks are people insane and the fact that it actually stings you for six bloody weeks did you guys have to use like warm water and like in a jug and like pour it over you when you went to yeah orbit? what was you yeah. guys's first shit like awful I had to shit on the floor hey <laughs> you I had to shit in the bath <laughs> What, like the Stop. babies that like they just, the the bordeaux, like just floats out of your bum? It it was so awkward because I wasn't in the bath having a bath, so I wasn't fully naked, so I still had my top on. <laughs> it was so stupid. And like my baby father was looking at me like, is this, is this
0: now our relationship? <laughs> you know, he can always leave, which he absolutely did you, motherfucking did. <laughs> were you, did you have preeclampsia from like, from when? From like the beginning or does that come on yeah it was like the day before her due date actually I went to just go
1: and have like just a normal checkup and then they said you know your, your, your blood pressure is a little bit high we're gonna have to monitor that well if not you can come back tomorrow and then we can induce you and they called me that night and they were like yep we're gonna induce you tomorrow and I remember feeling a wave of emotions i was like nervous scared anxious happy i thought yeah i was gonna be induced and then the baby was <laughs> what, just gonna be there that day was this
0: on your due date though yeah
1: i was 23 i didn't know what i was expecting i just wanted my baby i was tired i was so tired i was over that shit i because i had fallen down the stairs and i was up bed bound for the last four weeks because i had like fractured my cot six because i wanted to go downstairs to get a nutella sandwich <laughs> was it worth it <laughs> I, I didn't ever get the fucking sandwich did i <laughs> Oh, I can't. I didn't make it. I didn't make it to get sandwiched. I was so human, And it was because of this fucking chancla that I had on. <laughs> I remember um, towards the end of your pregnancy, you sent me a picture
2: of your feet and they were swollen. I remember seeing this and I was
1: like, oh my God, Hazel, what is wrong with your feet? They didn't fit in your chancla. They didn't. They didn't at all. They were so... Like, the whole of me was swollen. My hands were swollen. My nose was swollen. My feet, everything, my whole body. I was just a whole heap of a swollen mess. (laughs) I was just like, what kind of... The thing is, yeah, because you see the girls on Instagram and they live up to this great, beautiful um, idea of perfection when it comes to being pregnant. And they have that baby shower and she's in her jumpsuit, her off-the-shoulder jumpsuit, (laughs) and it looks prim and proper and then she's like oh nine months now ready to pop and it's like bruv I look like that after a Chinese what do you mean (laughs) nine months the fuck so I felt really shit because I was like I'm gonna be like a beast after this and then how am I gonna post my postpartum
0: four week selfie I don't look like these man Nah this shit was hard like this, like, like this is when I'm supposed to be the most beautiful but what is this
1: please <laughs> I remember the moment I had her the next day obviously you still have your belly there but I was feeling my skin and as it was like you know going down obviously naturally your skin loses elasticity and I was just like why is my body doing jiggly please like what the fuck is this I didn't even know that you know your body isn't ever going to be the same as what it was before i had great tits though my tits were great i love that i'm not gonna lie i remember i just used to stand there in the mirror just looking at them like
2: with milk dripping down it's kind of sexy yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you know now that you say that erica remember when i was going on maternity leave and you were like maybe you can start a like live chat webcam babe and just like sell it to the men that like breast yeah why did i never do that I know. People actually get off this. You should
1: have started OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> yeah, with my breast milk, isn't it? It's not too late. Did you guys try it? <laughs> what, the sex chat? No!
1: <laughs> the milk. <laughs> Are you still breastfeeding? Me, no. Me, definitely no. I did not breastfeed at all. I was just like, I don't know. I feel like I kind of like over my boobs. And also I was
0: just like, you've taken everything from me, my vagina, my body. Can I just have my boobs? That that's literally how I felt. Like at the beginning, I was like, I'm gonna get bottles, I'm gonna I'm gonna have both options just in case. And I didn't really want to use my boobs for it because of that same reason. And I can't have my partner sucking on them one day and the next day a child like, where's that space? But then as soon as they passed me this child over, it just kind of came over me. Yeah. And it's like it, it was so weird. Like, even now, like, sometimes he will, like, when I'm in the shower and my son will look at them and he'll be like, teta, teta. And I feel a bit, like, harassed, you know? Like, he'll come and touch it. <laughs> um but yeah it's weird I I always felt like a
1: huge pressure like having to breastfeed and I was always very adamant that I didn't want to and we always say you know parenthood motherhood there isn't one size fits all like Mm. it is very much so tailor-made to what you're comfortable with and what what's right for you basically and how you feel yeah exactly and like you know you always get the judgmental people especially Almente coming from a Colombian family, um, you know, people have always got something to say. And it was like, I didn't want to breastfeed at all. Like, there was no part of me that it felt natural. I just, I don't care if, you know, your boobs were made for, for this. I don't, for me, it didn't feel right. And I didn't do it. And my daughter was absolutely fine. Um, but I actually remember my uh, midwife basically trying to tell me that I needed to breastfeed. And I was like, do you know what? Had I not been the strong person that I am and, you know, the outspoken person that I am to say no, I would have felt under that pressure and given in. And I essentially, I would have started doing something that I didn't feel comfortable with for the likelihood of this other person. And it's like, mm. people need to respect everybody. No, and
2: they don't see the factors of it because you being forced into something you don't want to do can make you then fall into depression but they don't put two and two because they just assume every single mom wants to breastfeed.
1: Yeah, not this mom, boy. <laughs> I, wanted, I needed a drink. I wanted a party. <laughs> I was ready. And also that's, that's another part of it as well. I felt really trapped during pregnancy. Obviously, it's such a beautiful experience. You know, I'm grateful to God that I was able to uh, experience that and I was blessed. But sometimes, hello, I felt like I was in prison and mums shouldn't feel guilty for saying that. You know, that's how I felt. And I wanted to get back to normal as quick as possible and feel like myself, basically. And I kind of felt like with breastfeeding, I wouldn't have been able to have done that. No, of course not. Um, Going on that topic of, you know, mum shaming
2: and stuff. I recall on Facebook, after you had Catalan, you went on holiday and a lot of people criticised that. Because it was almost like, like you say, you know, you wanted to feel yourself again and you wanted to kind of just go. Why do you think people do that? And how did you feel at that time?
1: At that time, I kind of felt like I had been pregnant almost 10 months. I had such a traumatic birth. I was going through all of these emotions mentally. And I went through so many physical changes that I wasn't even aware of. I even knew that I was going to experience. And low key, but high key, I was definitely suffering with postpartum depression, but I wasn't aware of that because I didn't know, I didn't have much information on it. And I just felt like I needed a break just to get my thoughts together, just to recollect myself and to start again when I got back and like grateful that I had my mum there um, because she said to me, you know, go on holiday, have that break. Get your shit together and come back and start all over again. She was like 12 weeks, I think it was. Yeah, three months. She was 12 weeks. And then I was away for two weeks. Now looking back, I couldn't do two weeks without her now. But I felt so trapped back then and I don't I don't even feel guilty for saying it because it just is what it is and I know a lot of mums feel have felt this way I felt so trapped that I just needed a second to myself and with dealing with what people were saying to me I told them to go and suck their mums <laughs> because to be honest is it your fucking what is it your child is your focus on your child and your own baby father please about your focusing on me and my thing. did you pay for my flights nah sorry that's and that's how i I approached it with rudeness, because who are you to tell me what I should be doing with my life? That's mad,
2: yeah, no and and I think it's because of that the scaredness mums tend to feel about because like you say, we feel alienated in our own bodies, so you know right after like you said, when you had Cataleya and you felt your body, you were like, "What the fuck is this like because you're not prepa- nothing prepares you for that transition of you being pregnant to. Feeling empty, like you know, that empty sag feeling you've that is awful. It almost feels like you have to still hold your belly because you feel like it's just going to fall off of you. Yeah, and I totally get that. Like, you know, just trying to, you know, you were still pretty young, like you had your whole life ahead of you, and then jumping into having a baby, people think, you know, she's all right, she's she's mentally ready. You're never mentally ready, no matter how old you are. And I think the shaming comes in because those mums or parents really like see themselves it's like a domino effect they want to be able to do what you do but perhaps do not have the support because I know you wouldn't just oh yeah I'm just gonna leave Catalina with my neighbour you obviously knew she was in great hands even better hands than you because you know your mum's done it three times
1: yeah no absolutely. You- And I was gonna say that as well um regarding you know other mums seeing you do all of these things and them not feeling like they're able to do it. So then they'll just have like a negative comment to say, because I remember when I was pregnant, you know, a lot of people said to me, oh, se le va la vida. You know, your life is going to end here. Like your career, like, are you sure you want to do this? Da, da, da. And I'm just like, I, I promise you guys, para mí un hijo isn't a jail sentence. Mm. Like for me, having a child doesn't mean that I'm in prison and I'm in like, I have a ball and chain and that's it. No, you can still absolutely carry on. As you said, Erica, if you have that support, I'm lucky enough to have that support. I'm not going to feel guilty because I have that support. No, I still carry on. I still live my life very much so how I lived it before. Just I'm mindful of things, obviously, because I have a responsibility.
0: Did you ever feel guilty when you were away? Did you ever like have a night where you thought, shit, man, as, as if I actually left my newborn at home? Yeah, I think the first five days,
1: I was absolutely living my best fucking life. I was like, (laughs) what? Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. (laughs) That's what I was like, yeah. But that two weeks dragged. Oh my God. I remember the end of that first week, I was crying. I would FaceTime her all the time and I was absolutely fucking crying because I was just like, oh my God, why have I done this? I shouldn't have left her for this long. I should have just come for a week two weeks i've never been on holiday for a week um two weeks and i'll never do that now but yeah i think by the end of it i was like no i just want my baby and i remember the when i pulled up to my house and my mum gave me her and i was like oh my god this felt like foreign to me again i didn't know how to hold her i was like all moving like oh trying to adjust again
0: <laughs> so do you you would say that 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 you know those two weeks kind of helped you realize like okay this is the journey and the responsibility i now need to take yeah,
1: I was very much so like, okay, I've had my couple of weeks now of feeling like myself, quote unquote. Um, now come back and take care of this child and figure it all out, I guess. But I was happy that I'd done it. I was really, really happy because it gave me an incentive as well to to lose the weight. So when, I, when it was safe enough to go back to the gym and start training... Um, I did that and I had a holiday in mind. So that was a goal. And I felt really comfortable on that holiday and I felt very comfortable within myself. So it was one of them ones where I, I don't regret it. It's just is going to actually like listen back to all of these when she's older and she's going to be like, "Mom, that's what you motherfucking did, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you left me with my lita while you was out in Greece. It's very admirable. And, I've, and I think
2: I can speak for Jess as well. And I think a lot of moms because a lot of us feel very you know, lost when we have kids and, you know, you've said it yourself, you know, a kid isn't a jail sentence. You're meant to strive for this child. You even, you now have a purpose. Um, but a lot of parents, um, and I think I could fall under that category. We're scared to kind of lose time with our kids. So obviously I graduated and I haven't progressed into what I'm, I've graduated in, because of the workload. So for me, it's more so I need to dedicate myself to my children first, and then I will, you know, do me. But then I look at you and I'm like, you know, you are taking care of your child, but you're also working on yourself. And I think that's very admirable for you to be able to do that. It's because you're meant to self-love first, like always put yourself on top of everything. And if you're striving, your daughter's going to be right up there with you. Whereas if, you know, you're kind of like just dragging your kids along
0: how are you going to teach them to you know keep pushing yeah I agree with you that growth that you had to where you are now it's like Do you know what? She's done everything for herself, but it was always, no, my daughter's holding my hand as we're going up together. And I think like Erica said, like so many women are just scared to let go because they think, oh, people are going to judge me because I'm doing things for me. But no, babe, you're doing things for you because you're the one that has to bring the bread home. Your child is going to be raised in a house where it's like, what I want, I get, you know.
1: As we said as well, it does go back to having that support because I don't think I would have been able to have done everything that I have done without her father, or like mm. my sister, or my mom, or other family members, or our nan. Um, so it, in that in that sense, I've always kind of adopted that it takes a village to raise a child, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I'm not somebody that's very like mm-hmm. I'm not like oh, she has to be with me, and that's it. Like like you said, Erica. Like if I'm leaving her with somebody, it's somebody that I know is gonna fully take care of her and it's a family member and it's not just just whoever. So I'm really, really grateful for the support that I've had. But also I think there's that element where in my mind, I know that I had to continue doing what I was doing because I know the kind of life I want to provide for her. And it's a life that I never had. I feel like I was always like rich with love But in terms of like assets and being able to do whatever I wanted to do when I wanted, I I never had that. And I mean, I didn't really know I was poor until I asked my mum for a just do it bag. And then she was like, no, 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 no. That's too much. Mama would say to me, Oh my God, my parents are the same. They'll be like,
2: you have new shoes. I used to have your bro- my brother's shoes. I used to be like, well, that's you. Like, we're in
1: new terms. Don't, don't <laughs> compare me. <laughs> your parents were broke. <laughs> this has got nothing to do with me. So why should I suffer? What the hell? But no, mum. My- and then she basically ended up giving me, like, a champion bag that she just found in the car boot sale. Yeah, I was fuming. Absolutely fucking fuming with this champion bag. But I went to school, yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, come on. It's champion. And I had all my Scooby-Doo's, like, hanging off from the side. <laughs> but um then I actually went to Topshop and stole, allegedly. Apparently, uh, a Just Do It bag. Haters will say they stole. Allegedly, I can't say that right now. <laughs> 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 Maybe, perhaps, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I I know the kind of lifestyle that I want Katali to have. Not much. Not not so much in terms of like materialistic, but opportunity wise, I want to be able to put her in like a good school. I want her to be able to go to like performing art school, even if she doesn't want to sing or do fucking drama she's gonna do it (laughs) i'm gonna make her do it yeah yeah so it's one of them ones that i knew i had to go out and do it because we have time but we don't have time Mm. so i was like she's even awake next to me this is what i'm saying she knows i'm chatting about her so she's trying to like (laughs) sigh really loudly (laughs) (laughs) too much no you don't need a cuddle Yeah, read. Okay, I know you're chatting about me. I know
0: I'm chatting about you. Okay, acuéstese ya, por favor, a dormir.
1: down. I've always wanted to be in the entertainment business. So it's one of them ones that I was like, I've always strived to be in that. So it wasn't a thing where, like you said, Erica, you, you went to uni, you got a degree. Like the interview process to you get into where you want to get to and the process of me being in the in the industry that I want to be in are completely different so don't feel guilty for not being able to utilize that degree because i know there are a lot of mums out there that have all of these um degrees under their belt but they feel like quite stagnant and quite stuck because they haven't been able to do something and it's fine like things will fall into place obviously work for something and you know set a goal and work towards it but it's fine if you don't do what you plan to do right now.
0: I will say you cannot sit there and be bitter Betty, judging everyone, saying, oh, I wish that, I wish that, and you're not doing anything about your life. And it's like, I found myself sometimes, like a couple of years ago, i will be complaining about my life. And it's like, Jess, you're not going to get anywhere if you're just sitting there complaining. Like, I'm always like, you know, the fat gif on uh, Instagram of Spider-Man, like that's, I, that's literally my life. <laughs> but... I can't sit there and say, oh my God, that girl is so fat when I'm here being fat myself and not doing anything about my life. Like, babes, get up and do shit for yourself, you know? Yeah, no, most definitely.
1: I, I totally agree. But I find that the people that are bitter and that have the most to say, they're just scared. They're just scared. They have no direction. They don't know where. <laughs> Why are you laughing for Jess? <laughs> it's like, <you're- laughs> who are we
0: talking about here? No. No. No, you No, nah, I know. get it. I get it. It's a scared thing, but you're not going to grow in your comfort zone. I know it takes you a while and it's a whole process and it's a whole journey to get there. But. No, yeah. nah, I'm just saying. Because, <laughs> no, like, like I said, like I've been there where I felt like I'm not doing anything with my life, but. Like we have to do something, you know, like at the beginning of this year, me and Erica, the amount of conversations we would have about self growth and about, you know, this and that. And yes, preach it, but also yeah, you put in the work, do it, act on it. I yeah. mean, you have to,
1: nothing is going to fall in your he's lap just, yeah no unless there's a man that he's trying to eat you out <laughs> 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 but it's difficult because afterwards after i had catalaya i knew that i wanted to be in the music industry and i wanted to do music because as when i felt pregnant i was actually going to be signed to a major le- label and i wasn't able to do that because for me it was like oh career or baby and i chose being a mum. So then after Catalea, remember, I wasn't even in the podcast. I didn't even know what podcasting was. Podcasting weren't, wasn't even a thing um, until Cata was about a year, some, year and something. And then I fell into it. It was only meant to be something that was therapeutic and, you know, something that built my confidence. So then for it to go from that and then now four years later, we've had billboards, UK sold out tour. We've got a book. We've won awards. Like it's is absolutely insane to me and I can't grasp the fact that this is where I'm at but I knew that I was meant to be in something like this that there's no way no one could could have met me or seen me as a little girl and didn't think that this girl was made for this this business like Erica you know we went to to Spanish um, school and we were singing and dancing and we've got loads of videos of us dancing as kids and I loved being on stage and I loved being able to just be on the mic.
0: Nah, I remember once we were at this fashion show and this little girl came up and she was like, oh my God, I don't have any clothes to go out there and dance like Shakira. (laughs) And I was like, I've got these shorts if you wanna wear them. She's like, yeah, yeah, let me put them on. She put my shorts on, (laughs) went out and danced like Shakira. Of course it was you. I'm such a tramp, I'll probably do that now as well. No, but I remember that
1: actually, and I always had a little, um, a little belt. i actually got a picture of us with all that shit on. Listen, Shakira and Selena were my two go-to's. Like, "Como La Flor" every. In it? Bitch.
2: I always tried to sing karaoke to these girls, yeah, and they just laugh at me, and I'm like, "But Como La Flor is a banger every
0: time." <laughs> she's literally start. She's like, "Como La Flor," and we're like, "No, Erica, no, Mami, siente eso." Mama's code. So let's go back to, you know, the bit where you said, like, he's going to eat you out and shit. Love that. <laughs> Take us to that very moment. The first time I had sex. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Take us to that moment. First time i done anal. No. <laughs> no, don't even get Erica started. First time i done bondage. <laughs> no, the first, the, that very moment where you sat and realised you and your baby daddy weren't, you know, you're not going to go places as a couple. Because I know I speak for us both. We admire the relationship you guys have. And we've always said it. That is a, pri- like, that's a great example of how to co-parent. But it's not always easy. It's not always beautiful as you, you know, it looks. So I want to feel that emotion that you felt as, you know what? You've sat down. You've just had a baby with your long-term partner. And you've realized we're breaking up, you know. We're not going to work out. We were broken before we fell pregnant so it was like we thought
1: that that was going to make us we thought it was going to be something else to focus on we thought it was going to be something else that was going to bring us closer I mean it 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 was something that allowed us to never get rid of each other I guess but (laughs) but essentially what it done was um brush all the problems that we had under the rug. Until one day it kind of like exploded and it was, you know, let's, let's be honest. I think after we had her, we really, really did try to make things work. But um, me and him, we've always had such a great friendship. And I think that's what held our relationship together in the beginning. So it wasn't like we were always in love with with each other, the seven years that we were together before we fell pregnant. It's just we had such a great friendship that it was always banter being with him. And it was comfort. And it was something, someone that I was used to and it's that kind of like I fell in love with him when I was 17 he was 19 he was like my first love so I didn't really know what life was like without him so I think when she turned about like one and a half I think it was or two and I was like nah this relationship is not serving either of us. And we can't just stay because of the time we've been together. At that point, it was like nine years. And like, I can't be in a relationship where I'm not 100% happy. You're not 100% happy, but we have this child together. Because at the end of the day, she was feeling all of that. All of those toxic moments that we had, all of the arguments, me crying and him leaving. She felt all of that. Mm-hmm. Even though kids can't physically like speak at that age, they do feel it. And they're sponges. So after I kind of like figured that this was not it, it was so, so hard. Like, you know, cuando uno llora, but your heart aches when you cry and you're sobbing and you don't know how you're going to live without this person. And it's scary. Starting again with a mm. child is scary because now you're like, not only do I have to, you know, uh, uh, build a new relationship with somebody, I have to think about my mm. daughter. And also, like I said, I fell in love with him when I was 17. So when I started dating again, it was the first time I had, I had ever dated as an adult. Because I didn't do all of the dates when we were younger. We went to McDonald's and was in a park and driving around places, and that was our dates. There wasn't like Nobu and Hakan. Well, there's not even Nobu and now. So what am I chatting? <laughs> One can dream. Like <Yeah>, literally, like <laughs> Morley's still to this day. Bang bang. <laughs> but it it was really scary, and I can honestly say hand on my heart and people can do timelines if they wanna do it. And people can ask me about my ex and whatever. But I only feel like I have really emotionally let go of my baby father in about the last four months where I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what? Nah, no more. Not saying I wanted to be with him, but there was a lot of things I had to take into consideration. So like if I was making certain decisions, I would think, oh my God, what would he think? Is he, would you think he would be okay with that? Subconsciously, because this is somebody that's been in my life for 12 years now, but um, it was hard. And even now co-parenting is hard. And I know I haven't ever had to deal with a girlfriend of his. He's never had a girlfriend since me. So I haven't had to deal with that as of yet. Whereas obviously he had to deal with me being in a relationship, but he's really cool with like disguising how he feels. Whereas I'm a crazy ass bitch. <laughs> gonna turn up to his house like yeah, bitch who i can imagine her no <laughs> like, i really try yeah and this is the thing whoever's with my baby father yeah she needs to understand right that i am in his life I'm part of the furniture you can't get rid of me and she has to be secure within herself Mm. because it just is what it is and at the end of the day I'm never gonna hate someone or dislike someone just to dislike them especially when they're coming into a household where they're going to love my daughter that would be silly of me. I can't do that. That is literally for my own ego. And that just makes things complicated. So I literally have to allow, I can't let my emotions override my intelligence in that situation. I have to make sure that I'm on tip top shape. And I say this, but when it happens and I start moving my dear, nobody <laughs> send me this <laughs> podcast for reference. <laughs> I'm
2: going to literally crop this bit out and i to be like,
0: uh, go back. <laughs> No, but you know what? It's hard because I'm pretty sure we've all had arguments where you just think, oh, do you know what? You're breathing too loud. Like, this is it. I don't want to be with you anymore. But it must be really hard because you probably think the day I have a child with someone it's to create and keep a family, right? Like you said, like, you know, he he was all you ever knew at that point. He was your comfort zone. He was a man that you decided to have a child with. And now being kind of like going through that, all those emotions of like, what am I going to do now? Because you don't see past it do you? Yeah you actually don't and it's one
1: of them ones where I really tried my hardest to provide a household that I never had. It it was it was definitely really really difficult. I wanted to provide a household that I didn't have so having that mum and dad there I wanted to be the mum that you know you'd get back home and I'm cooking dinner and stuff even though I knew that that wasn't even doable with the career choice that I've chosen Mm. but um i I just wanted that family unit and then i just realized and it was the hardest realization ever that my daughter wasn't going to ever have us both together under one roof now even her seeing her dad like hug me she feels like weirded (laughs) out about it because she's like oh i've never seen that before and that's just strange because we broke up when she was like almost two she just doesn't really remember that but it was one of them ones where now looking back It's definitely the best thing we ever done because had we have stayed together, it would have just been a mess. And I feel like we would have ended up hating each other and it would have just been worse. And everything that we do now is for her. And don't get me wrong, it is not easy. So everybody sees that me and him get along and, you know, we post each other and we get along basically. But there are times where he's blocked me, I've blocked him, I don't want to hear from him, he doesn't want to hear from me. We'll go a week without speaking because we're humans at the end of the day. We have emotions, we do feel the feels. It's not always we're going to be like, you know, let's be logical about this no it's not that doesn't happen like that unfortunately but what i will say is people don't normalize these kind of relationships between exes and that's what triggers me sometimes because i'm like you guys would rather normalize parents that hate each other and that want to kill each other rather than two people that once were in love and romantically involved with each other and aren't anymore And that are just friends because people always say to me, no, you guys must still be fucking like, You guys still must be doing something. No, we don't, (laughs) haven't done. So that's not something that ever kind of um, fueled our relationship anyways. So what kept us together, you might not gonna think I'm joking, but it was banter. Me and this man have so much banter. (laughs) It is insane. If you followed us for a whole day, you'd be laughing. We just have a friendship and a relationship that not a lot of people understand. And to be fair, I don't give a fuck if they understand it or not because my child is happy. <laughs> and she gets to experience things with the both of us.
0: I was going to say the arguments that you guys have and, you know, when you block each other or not, it doesn't. It probably doesn't come out of a bad place. It just comes out of the fact that you guys are like like this. Like you guys know each other in and out. So you're comfortable to be like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Even when you saw us in Paris, we, were,
0: we, were, we weren't together. I had a boyfriend. <laughs> Not going to lie, Jay was like, do you think they're still fucking? <laughs> he was like, we're in Paris. And I was like, I don't know. I would probably still fuck you if we were in Paris co-parenting our child. <laughs> no, I can reassure. But, but you know, wait, can I just say something? You know, we you'd say that.
2: I always say to Ollie, I'm like, if we were to ever break up, let's still fuck. But you don't know the situation you're going to end yeah. up like.
0: No, and you don't know what emotions you're going to have at that moment. Exactly.
2: And, and I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you use that still after you've broken up, your relationship can become sour. Yeah. Because then he won't know when to let go if you were to actually fall in love with someone or vice, versa. vice versa. So it's kind of like, but hold on a minute, we were fucking, but we're not in a relationship. Yeah. Like, you know, like we still hold that, we're very like you own each other
0: still yeah so mm-hmm, you haven't yeah. fully
2: let go like look milena just said you know it was only four months ago that she kind of like all right this is it like i don't need his approval yeah. of anything but it, yeah but that was it, emotional it's... thing they not try to make no, it sound no. like it was a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean but but just that like just you kind of still kind of like in yeah. your thoughts it
0: still lingers around oh him. respecting yeah, him
2: It's taken you that long. It's taken you that long. Imagine had you guys been fucking, it would have been taking you forever. And this is what
1: I'm saying. You end up in a a realm where you're stuck. It's a cycle and you guys can't let go of each other, but you don't want to be with one another. You Mm -hmm. essentially, you block your own blessings because there is somebody else out there for you. You're not going to be alone, are you? But you can't now seek this thing with somebody else while still fucking someone. It's like we lived together and we went together and then we realized that we had to move out in order for us to move on because you can't be dating someone and I can't be dating someone and we're coming back to the same house and you're mm-hmm. sleeping on the sofa and I'm sleeping upstairs in the bed that is absolute insanity now looking back I don't even know how we done that but I mean, it was a part of our journey and we were still trying to figure out how to actually do this thing. And we thought, you know, if we stayed together in the house and you slept on the sofa and I was upstairs, at least our daughter would be able to see us together every single day. But it's not the way forward. Let me tell tell you something, yeah. Starting again... Like I said, it's scary, but it's not the end of the world. You learn so much about yourself and you can't stay with somebody just because of the history. You can't let memories hold you now. Like, no, it, it doesn't work. You don't let the duration of a relationship keep you guys together when you know you're not happy. If things haven't changed now and he's not listening and he's dismissive and, you know, you're not doing the things that he wants and requires, leave, leave, leave it's not by force like yeah okay oh i don't want to have two baby daddies guess what bitch these are the cards that you've been dealt mm, it is yeah. what it is i i get it all the time people are like oh you know you're gonna have even my parents i say parents no not my parents not my mom and dad because fucking hell, i've only had them <laughs> for like a, a week my mom and my auntie <laughs> they're like you know pero que pesar, you know la niña que no a tener un hermano, like like a forward manual, and i'm like okay but she'll have a half sibling but I'll never be like that's your half sibling my brother and sister are my half sibling my sister is literally my bestest friend in the whole wide world and I would never introduce her to someone like that's my half sister that's my complete sister and okay cool I might have two baby fathers who knows I might have three I might have four I
0: might have- <laughs> no please please don't <laughs> no I mean that's not, not in half- my plan <laughs> but would you would you not consider though like say like you know just just bust a nut and i'll just insert it inside me because like i i think it's so do you know what like erica was saying it's so easy for you to say this because i've always said to jay if we were to break up i really do want a sibling for my son so like you know just hand me over your cum and i'll just put it inside me so that i don't but why what, what, what why do we normalize that though why is it bad having two baby dads? no th- but this is what i'm saying it's not bad but you just tend to think like this because it's your comfort because you- but it's, it's it, it, again, like Milena
2: said, it shouldn't be your comfort because this is like the universe has set your life. Basically, you you might think, oh, my God, I can't live without this person. Just the same way me and you have sat down and said, you know, what if we were to break up with our significant others, that would be it that, like, you know, market would be closed we're chatting shit we are chatting shit nah Do you, we <laughs> must say that for them to feel good <laughs> until someone is trying to trying to i will my become way. a cam girl or something <laughs> i don't know what but you know when you kid yourself and like deep down it's like what hazel's been saying you know you always have to think about your child before anything but we're human we want to feel things what his dick <laughs> yes <laughs> we might take a little bit longer But this whole, oh no, I'm just going to become a nun because, you know, this is the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with.
0: Oh no, I'm not saying
1: that. But can I just say, Jess, with you saying that, I mean, everybody's different. I know for me personally, for myself, for Hazel Milena Sanchez, I... Like you wouldn't go there. No, it's not even I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go there, no. But I wouldn't want to do that that way because I know the kind of pregnancy that I want for myself and I promised myself to never suffer again Mm -hmm. and I promised myself that I wouldn't ever allow myself to go through something that wasn't necessary just because I want it to seem ideal Mm -hmm. having the two kids by him and you know having that uh, all under one roof kind of thing and you know it's less complicated it's less complicated in the sense of like logistically, but mentally and yeah. mentally and emotionally for me, it, it won't be because my first pregnant, my first pregnancy, my only pregnancy, it wasn't what I had imagined and what I wanted for myself. So I know that my second pregnancy, who whoever it's with, I want it to be in love. That magical journey. Yeah, not even magical, like just solid just solid and Mm. i know that i would have a baby with him and it'll be great like we have banter but we won't be in love you're not someone i want to be with forever so what am i doing here i'm just wasting another few years of my life to potentially find the one imagine imagine i fall pregnant with my man yeah and then two months, I'm not even showing, and I find the absolute love of my life—the backup plan kind no. of shit. Nah. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. This is what I'm saying. I'd be, I'd be resentful. But what are the odds of that? I could actually <laughs> fall in love.
0: <laughs> Can you
1: actually two
0: months? Are you the type that that's trying to build a universe? You know, they find a new, un new mundo every month. Fucking hell, Melody, mate, a whole new world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't, I don't. I, I used to fall in lust very, very easily. And that's something that I've been working on um, in terms of like being in therapy and stuff. Um, I've definitely understood certain behaviours now and it it wasn't love. It was just uh, mm-hmm. the idea of being in love and I romanticised it for so long. But yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to stick around and have a baby with my baby father just because he's my baby father. And yeah there's too many good dicks out there how would you feel like how would you feel oh my god what the fuck are you gonna ask me (laughs) no
0: no (laughs) when she
2: gets close to the camera
0: she's about to drop no 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 no.
2: so like let's put this this is this is your life right what if was the only man you've been with you stayed with him because you thought i can't i can't do this like only dick only dick you'd have for the rest of your life would you be satisfied what how
1: would you feel You don't have to stick to anyone, you're not glue bruv. Like, no, you don't need to be doing that. But like I said, I understand why that may seem like such a daunting thing to think about. This is one person that you've trusted with all of these different stages of your life. This is somebody that holds so much of you. So of course, as part of you, that's like, listen, whatever it takes, I'm gonna try and make it work. Even if that means sacrificing my own happiness, because I don't want to go ahead and and build that with somebody else. because I don't see myself doing that. I didn't see myself not being with this man and building with another amazing man that I've got. Like it, it, it just happens and you have to allow that to happen. You have to receive it and you have to, um, not, not be scared Mm. because fear will hold you back from so much, so many things that haven't even happened yet. You're fearful for no reason. But you need to really honestly have that self value and self worth as well. Because if you know you're not happy with something, you should love you enough to say, this isn't for me, regardless of what I've been through Mm -hmm. with you. And I know something else out there is for me, whether I meet them tomorrow, next year, in three, four years. What I know now is this relationship, regardless of how long I've been in it, I'm not happy my
0: love for me overrides that yeah we always talk about this we're always like oh my god but what if but do you know what maybe sometimes you gotta up your body count to realise that you can be so much happier sometimes
1: do Chinese buffet my brother (laughs) try everything No do you know what it is
2: something I've learned in therapy is you know you've got (laughs) I was gonna say
0: something you've learned like at the buffet. No
2: something that because you know like you always tend to stick to what you're comfortable around and if you just do everything you're comfortable around you're never gonna like strive so you have to you know be uncomfortable to then feel comfortable because if you're going to do the same shit all over again then
1: are you really living? No, you're not. And I think that's really, really, that's a really important um, mind state to have as well. Like you do have to think, do things that you're not comfortable with. Oh my God, I've done so many things that I'm not comfortable with. And I've just been like, oh, ah, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing? And that was one occasion. Yeah. I went to a hotel with somebody and it was like the first time that I had, I had, I'm trying to not be fake it was the first time that I had spent this occasion with somebody and they were really really special to me and I really fucking fancied them and I tried to be like you know when you try to be like extra prim and proper (laughs) so I get into the reception now yeah and I see him standing there and I Freaked out. I don't know why I was freaking out, but I was so freaking scared. I called my best friend straight away. I was like, Babe, hold on one second. My my best friend's calling me. I got on the phone and I was like, Alice, I'm absolutely dying and I don't know what the fuck I should do. What should I do? And she was like, calm down. Like, what's going on with you? And it's one of them ones where I know that I was nervous before and I knew that I was going to be scared and I knew that I was going to be uncomfortable, but I also knew that once that fear subsided I would have had the most amazing time ever and that's exactly what it was it was the most amazing time ever and had I not felt that fear so what I was going to stay stay at home and not have experienced that because of what because I was scared of you know I don't know when I was going to fart or when I was going to poo or (laughs) shit like that do you know what I mean (laughs) because that's the first thing I think about but yeah, we shouldn't be letting fear take over like that. Fear shouldn't be paying pay fear doesn't even pay rent in your life. Amen, sister.
0: Mama, I love you. Your anxiety. Oh my,
1: God, my anxiety. We've spoken about this
2: a lot. How do you keep calm around Catalea when you have panic oh, attacks?
1: Oh my gosh. That is the most challenging thing ever. I can't lie to you. Um I think just really trying to distract myself with her I use her so if I do have a a panic attack I'm like okay what's the quickest way that I'm able to distract myself or there's been other times where I've just needed a moment to myself and I've absolutely broken down but I've heard her like oh mommy where are you and then I'm like no suck it up get it together and go out because I literally always say this yeah when you're a mum you don't have the freedom of feeling all the feels you have to literally wear this mask you are the main act of this show and you cannot fail you just can't You, you can't show them that anything's wrong and also it's something where I don't want to pass that down to her as well so I really try my hardest like I have a fear of flying yeah hate flying worst thing ever I do it and I've been on a plane with her a couple of times and I haven't ever shown her that I was scared of it because I don't want to now pass that fear onto her or that phobia onto her so it's one of the ones where it's a gift and a curse because a you want to be on your own and you want to just deal with all of these emotions but she's also a distraction so I don't know I think it just depends with how severe the attack is to be honest I've had minor ones I've been able to like brush off and quite recently I had one where I was in the bathroom sobbing my heart out feeling like I was gonna have a heart attack and actually that night um the ambulance came and um took me in to hospital to have an ECG done because I
0: was convinced that that was it it's hard we can be we can be the most chilled person but when you have a baby you're just you start thinking these crazy shit and you don't have any control of your thoughts at that point you guys suffer with it i do yeah what what are some things that
1: you think of or what are you fearful of what's like triggers for you what sets you off like i'm scared of dying that's exactly mine
2: but i have a thing where i'm because i suffer from depression as well so there's times where like, you know, when I have a lot going on, like with work, the kids and something triggers it inside of me. And I literally all like every single day, the only dream that I will have is and it's like a very explicit dream because it's literally every single day. I cut my wrist and my both my boys are beside me and then Ollie walks through the door and literally it's a reoccurring thing a reoccurring thing. And then that sets me into a panic attack.
1: Are you scared of staying at home with your boys on your own? I was.
2: I was before because of it. But through therapy, I'm, I'm, I'm coping.
0: Yeah. And Jess? Um, I, not so much now. I'm very much back to my normal kind of chill back person. But at the beginning, I would always think about my son dying in my hands, like dropping him and his, like my, my thoughts were so vivid that I would be walking with him and I would imagine myself dropping him and his brains just splashing out into the everywhere. And it wasn't, it wasn't nice. So, you know, when everyone starts circulating videos and social media about a mum hitting their child, I would sometimes feel like I don't want to get there. I don't want to be that person. It was just the only thing that was just going on and on and on. And again, like we spoke this about this in our postpartum um, episode that, being in overdrive and being in overwhelmed with everything that's going on, that you just want to be the perfect person for your child, that you just go into these crazy thoughts and you don't know how to control it. Thankfully, I'm a very strong minded person. You know, I've been through very shit situations in my life, but I always manage to see a positive in each situation. So now toddlers are fucking savage. They don't give a shit. And he tests me on every single day. And like, he should win a world Guinness record like honestly like the way this guy cries but I've managed to reach back to my settled self to think I'm not I'm not gonna react on my anger or on my mental state and sometimes I get anxiety when he does that and when he's having a shit day like I get really like I have to try and calm my thoughts about this yeah it it does you know it does send me into an, an panic anxiety state that and
1: I think yeah I think all of these thoughts are very very real because some people that don't suffer with anxiety may be listening to this and may think that these you know scenarios or thoughts are extreme Mm. but they're not to somebody that suffers with anxiety and to somebody that isn't able to rationalize thoughts like there are certain things that I think of and I'm like, oh, my God, like, get that out of my brain. What is wrong with me? And it is just, you feel like you're insane. Mm. Sometimes you feel like you're insane, yeah. And especially, like, when you experience panic attacks, you're like, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel like this? And it's the fear of not being in control that I hate. Literally. Literally. I get so scared sometimes. I, I, I don't, like yeah I don't I don't like having those thoughts but obviously with therapy and stuff like you said I'm so happy
0: that I guess are you in therapy as well I did have it yeah a couple of months ago
1: but not I think now. it's so important for women to to have therapy especially mothers uh cuz there's a lot of things that you deal with and you don't even know that you're dealing with. There's a lot of women that've got a postpartum depression and they don't even know that they've got it. Mm-hmm. They're just feeling all of these things and they don't know how to cope with it and it's so sad because when let's say for instance if you have a child that has colic and they're constantly crying and crying and they're crying all night and they're not sleeping and you now are deprived of this sleep as well. You don't know how to cope, it's hard. Women should have that support there from therapists or or from somebody or something that they're able to just have that outlet because it is fucking hard. And I don't feel like there was much information when I was going through my pregnancy about it. Neither.
2: I had a really colicky baby first time around and it was absolutely awful, like so awful to the point that I would have, like, you know when you have to wake up at night, sometimes I would literally just think, oh, I'm just going to walk out and never come back because I just can't deal with this shit,
0: man. Imagine, I was going to say, even like Ollie, he's told us his experience that when, when Jojo had colic. And it's like to think that, you know, men are always like the most chilled, more calm person because they, you know, the mum is always more 24-7 with their child. So for us to hear what he was feeling, it was like, damn, like, and, and you know, the fact that you can't speak these things because everyone's going to think you're fucking crazy.
2: Well, I remember once, sorry, I remember once I I I, I put a post up on Instagram about, you know, anxiety and depression And someone was like, what, you suffer with that? And I was like, yeah. And they are like, well, you don't look like you suffer. Well, what does, do I have to have like a sign on my forehead or something to tell you that I suffer from it? Like, I don't get it. Like, what is a person that suffers from anxiety? Do we look like each other? No, we don't, but we all suffer from it.
1: Yeah, I think people are so quick to... Um, dismiss people's like anxieties and depressions because they wouldn't deal with something in a certain way or they they feel like oh you don't look like somebody that's sad because I'm I'm sure people look at me like oh you got health anxiety or you got anxiety but you're always out or you're always like you've always got a drink or da 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 and it's like Okay. But people need to also understand that anxiety comes in waves. It isn't something that's permanent there. Like it triggers in the most random place. I remember I've been on the train and I've just sat there and one minute to another, I can hear my breathing and then I can feel my heart. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going to happen now. It's going to happen right now. And I'll just be sitting there and I would have just come back from a night out. And it's like, The people need to understand that you don't have to look a certain way there isn't a time frame that you've had to have had anxiety or depression for it to actually be real now it's just literally just like parenthood I think anxiety is very much so tailor-made for the person and it's it's fucking scary and I wouldn't wish it upon anybody
0: I don't actually remember
1: ever being that anxiety like that anxious, anxious ever No, it's only after I had her and it was a few months after. And now I'm very much so, so overcautious with her, so overcautious. And now I'm actually quite afraid of being pregnant again because I didn't have this anxiety during my pregnancy. So now there are little things I remember that happened during her pregnancy that now looking back, I'm like, why didn't I panic? Why didn't I freak out? But I just didn't. So now I'm thinking if I were to get pregnant again, what kind of challenges would I have with my anxiety and just being pregnant? Because I'm not too sure how I would be able to cope. And though it makes me afraid, it's one of them ones where I still want another two babies at least. Do you want any more, Erica? Um... (laughs) I,
2: I, I wouldn't mind another one, but Ollie doesn't want any more. Oh. Well, like I'd say I want another one, but it it is it is a lot when you have two. Like those two just drive
1: me up the wall. And you got two boys, right? Yeah. yeah. Boys are mm. hard.
2: Like the little one in itself counts for like four. Why? Oh my god, he is literally the devil. <laughs> I promise you. That kid.
1: Mate, he is your child. I don't I don't think I'm made for boys do have the patience for boys. But saying that, watch, my next child's going to be a boy. But you know, boys
2: are more attached to their mums. I
1: don't want anyone to be attached to me. Not
2: in that way, because my boys are, are ones that they love going to my parents' house. That If they could live there, they would. It's I think in, in that sense, it's a matter of how you raise your child. So you, like, you know, you've left Katalea with her dad, with her, her nan. And so you, your kid gets used to the idea of not always being with you. And I think that's very important, especially like for your career and stuff. Whereas maybe other people don't feel like they can leave their kids, or don't have the support like we've mentioned before.
1: The only thing I'd be excited about to have a boy is that you know when they're older, yeah. Because obviously girls leave the house first because they they always go to their boyfriend's house. So I want to be like that mum, like meeting the girls want to be like that savage bitch like sorry Jaleesa wait <laughs> no amor que le paso angie
0: were you not with angie last week yeah. me, me and erica always say this like we were literally like what so you think this house is a hotel like what no, is- no 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 <laughs> All right. Having said that, though, like we obviously we know that you're very sexually outspoken. What are you doing if you walk into your son masturbating or your daughter? Sorry, walking like, into what? Your child masturbating. <gasps> what do you do, please? Because, you know, it's very easy for us to be like, oh, my God, because say, for example, like we're very like sexually open people. So we're just like we don't see what what is there to be weird about. But it's your child. <laughs> Like, oh shit! He's got a big dick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How old
1: though? How old? Because you man shouldn't be doing all of these things.
0: Fourteen. Okay, fourteen.
1: At that age, I would grant you some privacy. So I will knock on your door. I'll give you two seconds, okay, to take the porn off of your phone to and it. to get and to get under the covers, okay? Would you be the same with Catalaya? Yeah, I think I think we have to allow our kids. To explore and experiment and to not like be like you know leave this door open and da 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 okay I understand if somebody's in the house then and you don't feel comfortable with that then send them downstairs why the fuck are they up in the room anyways but in 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 that sense I will grant Catalaya her privacy she's not going to have locks on her room or anything like that. <laughs> But like, before I come into her room, I don't mind giving a little knock if the door's closed. She might be able, the thing is, I'm not even thinking like that. I'm thinking you're getting changed. You could be naked. You could be, I don't know, like checking out an ingrown (laughs) hair in the mirror. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been here looking in the mirror and you're squatting down, opening everything or like, you're like bent over. Like, mum, give me a fucking second. Let me shove my piles back into me arse. Oh, for
2: fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, my God. But would you talk to her about sex as well? Because I remember going into your lives about sex talk and you saying how important it is for, like, you know, our parents to talk to us about that. Because, for instance, you mentioned something about, you know, you exploring with the shower heads and stuff. Oh, yeah, I was 11. <laughs> So if it what turns to your child...
1: Oh, I don't know, you know. It's it's difficult, isn't it? It really because is. It as sexually is. liberated as I am and as sex positive as I am... She's still your baby. Like you, you see her with different eyes, right? Yeah, you know, this is how you get pregnant. I'll talk her through all the STIs and, you know, making sure that she is having, like, consensual safe sex. But in terms of how to double hand and deep throat a dick, I don't think I will be giving her that information, if I'm honest. Like, I will never say that masturbating is wrong or anything that she wants to explore in is wrong, but I'm not giving her the ins and outs of it. What are you going to do? You, man, You boys get bonus from, like, two. So what would you do if he's, like, I don't know, like, wanking into a sock one day and you walk in?
0: To be honest, I would feel very, like, violated. (laughs) I feel like oh my god take that dick away from but me. But you're gonna have to pick up the socks anyways and wash them. So you'll
2: eventually find out. Now you're washing your socks, mate. I'm not t- I'm not picking up no stiff Some socks. Stiff socks. <laughs> I always used to say, and this was like pre baby, that if I ever had a girl, she wouldn't have a door and she would have you know in Colombia when you have like the little beads or like cortinitas, like yeah, I said she would always have one of those. Because I was like, I've done a lot of things behind closed doors whilst living at my parents' house. I could never.
1: <laughs> nah, honestly, I, I, I totally agree. There's so many things that have gone down under our parents' noses and, you know, they didn't find anything out. But I don't know. It's not even like you can trust your kids either because I feel like my parents, my mom and my aunties trust me, but I, I still moved reckless.
2: Kids now are more advanced. Like, look at these girls like they're like 11 12 and they're already wearing makeup and they already like got big breasts remember when we used to stuff our bras they
1: actually do, they don't have butter <laughs> no. stage And when they're 14 15 their eyebrows looked so Literally. fleeky and stuff we had
0: it? to be like the phoenix bird come from ashes we had to have a glow up we yeah so to... my little low-cut ting, so my little belly tops what And my little
1: butterfly dangling belly button piercing now that shit looks like a little mushroom (laughs) because of fucking stretch mark my one split open stop i had i had like dos dedicas this is what i'm saying i thought i was so oh my god please no one get their belly button pierced if they don't have it done and then get pregnant it's the it's the
0: worst
1: (laughs) honestly it's real life shit because sometimes when i look at my vagina now and i'm just like Oh, bless you, joking. <laughs> oh, you little traumatized thing! <laughs> you little warrior! Literally, our vaginas
2: are something else, mate. To think that a full head comes out of
1: there— are you crazy? No. And then some men are worried about. Oh, you can't take this pipe. No,
0: <laughs> you can't even touch my walls. Um, right, guys. So let's um, let's wrap this up. What's the final say on mum guilt and mum shaming?
1: If you know the reasons as to why you're doing certain things. So I know I'm leaving her to go to work. Or I know I'm leaving her to go out with my friends. And that is also fine. I feel like you can't feel guilty for also wanting to still be you. Yes, you are a mother, but also you are still yourself before anything else, before you being a girlfriend, before being a fiance, before being a wife, before being a colleague, you are you. And if you're not right within yourself, and if you're not constantly working on yourself to stay happy, your child isn't going to be happy. And you know what, quite frankly, fuck what anybody else thinks. Yeah like you've got to have that mentality where it's one of them ones where you can't worry about what other people say like i saw a quote and i saw it years ago and i always remember it and it's um i don't know the key to success but i know the key to failure is trying to please everybody and you can't please everybody because tom there might say you going out isn't a good thing. But Jill over there, she's like, well, I think going out is a great thing for you to do. And it's like, you're constantly trying to please all of these other people, yet you're not happy within yourself. So I think when it comes to mum guilt or mum shaming, if your child is okay, they're happy, healthy, and in good hands, there is nothing for you to worry about. And fuck what anybody else thinks. Nothing. No one else can tell me anything about my child. If my child's cool, why are you so so concerned? Everyone
2: always wants to add their two pence of advice when it's not needed. That's
1: why you're broke, bruv. Because you're adding your two pence everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, bitter Betty. I'm out here living my life like I'm out here sucking some dick. <laughs> I'm sucking Dick Dolly. <laughs> Sorry. Before we wrap up, what's like sex been like after after
0: baby? Um, to be honest, I may have given him a blowjob to say thank you, like, to him three days after I had the baby. You did all the pushing, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's been weird. Your libido is forever changing, especially, like, for me, as I breastfed for over a year. Obviously, you know, it can make your <laughs> vagina dry, and it has other, um, <laughs> you know, other side effects because of all the hormones, um, and obviously there was talks of, you know, if the desire is still there or not. Um, but once he understood and we got past it, then it, you know, it got wild again. And um, But yeah, but it was definitely a whole yeah. new challenge.
2: I think for me, sometimes it's I'm just too tired and I really just prefer
1: sleep. I mean, it's about like making,
2: making an effort for both of you. I, th- I think it's important like when it's not kind of like, like I, Jess has always mentioned something about, you know, scheduling sex. And I feel like that's wrong, because I'm just like... Can
0: I just say, I don't do that. I don't schedule my sex. <laughs> it's just a simple conversation. No, but she
2: said it would be a good idea. And I'm like, how is scheduling sex? It's basically. Friday night, let's have some drinks. No, don't to try to, to explain yourself. <laughs> but oh, what if that Friday, you have that gin and tonic and you conk out on the sofa? What happens then? It has to flow naturally. Like, you know, you just both come in and bang cause an explosion
1: yeah but then also that means you have to like always be ready as well because sometimes like you know when your vagina isn't prepared for that and then they randomly try it on with you and you're just like oh move man i, I can't think, be bothered
2: i think for me sometimes it just happens and, and i know like i'm always one to be like no but i want to you know be prepared but sometimes it just happens like that and i'm just like whatever like you know
1: it's just what take you say. It, take the pumps how it is.
2: Yeah, you're comfortable with this person because obviously I've been with Wally for a long time. And I'm married to him, so it's like, I mean, you ain't going nowhere. So you're just going to have to take me like this now.
0: Mama, I love you. So guys, we obviously love to wrap up our episode with a golden tip. And as you are our lovely guest, Milena, what would your tip be?
1: Golden tip is to get that tip, get that <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think... Love yourself, keep yourself happy. Uh, Don't be so harsh on yourself, be kind to you. And um, yeah, as cliche as it is, as I said, work on accepting you for you, I guess, and working on a better version of yourself. Beautiful.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, Elena. It's been so long.
1: I know, right? Thank you so much for having me. Like, obviously this was always going to happen, but um, it was just about finding the time and stuff. So I'm glad that it's happened now and I got to see you guys' beautiful faces.
0: Thank you. And wishing you all the best with your book coming out in 2021.
1: Yeah, July 2021. Make sure you guys go and pre-order that. The link is in my bio. My Instagram is Milena Sanchez X. Sorry, quick plug there. You don't know me.
0: I'm from the Receipts podcast. Now you know where to find her. But yeah, guys, thank you so much. It's been a fucking pleasure. Too too much more success, babe. Too much more success. Mum's Code out. Mama's Code. I actually need to check my agenda for sex now. (laughs)